think he's doing it will set the course of our lives too often instead of enjoying the beauty our maker is creating in and through us we view god through the lens of our personal weakness our theology is shaped by what we lack rather than by who god is for example if we see ourselves as a problem needing a solution we want god to be a mathematician if we see ourselves as broken and needing repair we want god to be a mechanic If we see ourselves as lonely, we want God to be a friend. If we see ourselves as ignorant, we want God to be a teacher. It's as if we are all lining up to visit the Wizard of Oz, each with our own deep deficiency, and the Wizard becomes to each of us what we need. God does meet our deepest needs in very personal ways, but seeing Him through the prism of our own weakness keeps us from knowing and enjoying Him in His fullness. It can be dangerous to our faith if our overriding goal is for God to meet our needs. Rather, our highest priority should be knowing who God is and what He is up to in our lives and why. Jesus illustrated the danger of misperceiving God with a parable about a master who entrusts funds to three of his servants to invest while he's away. It's in Matthew 25, 14-30. On his return, two of them had risked and won. The third servant, however, is the focus of the parable. He said to his master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown, and I was afraid. This statement reveals that the servant knew the character of the master just as the other two servants did, but perceived the master differently based on his own personal deficiency and fear. The result was pretty bad. That's why it's important for us to have a correct perception of God's character and ultimate purpose for us. A new paradigm. If we focus on God making repairs to our broken lives, we miss what He is really doing in us. Math equates, but art creates. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Sometime early in my Christian life, I came to believe that I was a problem that needed to be solved. I spent many hours at many altars offering the enigmatic equation of my life to the master mathematician, hoping he would solve it and I would be happy. But over time, I saw that my entire approach was wrong. Perhaps because I've spent my life as an artist, surrounded by colleagues, friends, and family members who are illustrators, painters, writers, designers, songwriters, musicians, and sculptors, I came to see that the math paradigm is hopelessly inadequate to describe and deal with the human condition or the purposes of God. We need a new paradigm. Art, not math. Artist, not mathematician. What do I mean by these terms, math and art? Let me give each a thumbnail description, but let me also say that these things are mysteries. Avant-garde musician Laurie Anderson once said, talking about art is like dancing about architecture. It can be useless to try to use one to explain the other, but let's dance around the definitions a bit to make them come alive. If I were sitting next to you, I would ask you to read each item on the following list slowly and pause for a while to consider them. Maybe I should have written Selah after each line. Math equates, art creates. Math brings order out of chaos. Art makes beauty out of the order. Facts are math. 
Faith is art. Justice is math. Mercy is art. Law is math. Grace is art. Exchanges are math. Gifts are art. Hierarchy is math. Servanthood is art. Pride is math. Sacrifice is art. Evangelism is math. Friendship is art. Cell groups are math. Relationships are art. Accountability partners are math. True friends are art. Church-going is math. Fellowship is art. Prayer lists are math. Communion is art. Devotions are math. Devotion is art. Tithing.